Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 56 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Razor. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me. It's week 144 of Recitopia draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AW winds down. And this is a far cry from where we were a year ago. This time last year, we had the head-to-head 10 o'clock battle between Rampage and SmackDown on TNT and FS1, respectively. Head-to-head opening matches, contract signings, and so much more. And AEW beat WWE in that demo for 30 solid minutes. But this year, they said to hell with that. We're going to run our regular shows. We're not going to add an extra 30 minutes. We're not going to have a big splash opening match or a flash of main event. We're just going to do our shows. And for that, I am thankful because don't poke the bear, don't antagonize the bear, and there won't be any problems problems if you can't back it up and WWE learned that lesson the hard way they were humbled a bit when those numbers came out last year with that 30 minute head to head battle but they vow not to do that again this year let's run our show focus on crown jewel get in get out and quite frankly rampage is not the same show as it was a year ago the marquee matchups are simply not there even though this show was live last night at 10 o'clock p.m est on tnt but we'll see how the numbers fare come monday afternoon but let's focus on friday night smackdown going down on fs1 live from the enterprise arena in st louis missouri and this show will be best remembered for the greatness of Sami Zayn and the bloodline. We got probably the funniest moment in WWE this year, and it was completely unscripted in terms of people breaking character and the struggle to maintain a straight face, the struggle to hold back tears because you want to laugh uncontrollably. And we got that last night. Before we get to the hijinks of the bloodline, I want to focus on Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa versus the Brawling Brutes, Rich Holland and Butch, a very good tag team match. And Sammy told Jay backstage that, listen, Roma's not here yet, but he wants us to be a united front. I saw what you did for me last week. I really appreciate it. So let's keep that going. Let's keep that momentum in motion, heading into Crown Jewel. Let's win this tag team match tonight for the Bloodline. Let's do it for Roma. Let's have our hands raised in victory. Jay's game. The match is very good as Butch was on fire early on by delivering a knee strike on the outside to Sammy Zayn. Solo fights back by delivering a clothesline from behind to Butch. Followed by a slam on the hardest part of the ring. You guessed it, the ring apron. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Rich Holland is going to be the legal man in this match after Bush makes a brief your face comeback by landing a DDT on Solo before making the attack to Rich Holland. Ridge and Solo have a big host battle with Solo dropping Ridge with a pop-up Samoan drop and both guys exchange headbutts at one point before Ridge wipes out Solo with the clothesline. Eventually Butch and Sami Zayn are the legal men in this matchup and Sami rolls up Bush thanks to a slight assist from Jey Uso moments earlier and both guys are fighting near the top rope. Sammy's playing possum to get to Butch, but Jay is going to get involved. And Sammy's not pleased about this because he had the match won. He was playing possum to get to Butch. They get into an argument. Solo tries to break things up. Ridgely was a double clothesline to Jay and Sammy Zayn. Butch takes advantage and he rolls up Sammy Zayn to pick up the victory for the Brawling Brutes. And Sammy can't believe it. Jay's upset. Jimmy's like, what the hell just happened here? And as they're bickering in the ring, we got Jimmy and Jay, the brothers, 
the blood of the bloodline, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions going back and forth. And then we hear Roman Reigns' theme music hit, the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, the undisputed WWE Universal Champions in the house. And Michael Cole says, Daddy's home as we go to commercial break. And we come back and the kids are in trouble. Roman Reigns tells St. Louis to acknowledge him. They do. And he addresses Sammy and Jay saying, if you want to act like kids, I'm going to treat you like kids. Now, normally we handle things backstage, but I think it's right to handle it right here in front of the people so please speak your peace and squash this beef once and for all sammy's the peacemaker no the mediator of the bloodline on the himself saying that i like jay i like working with jay i like teaming with jay i don't know why jay doesn't like me and i just want us all to get along be a family and just keep it cool and jay fires up saying i don't like you sammy i don't like your face i don't like your hair i don't like anything about you because you're not blood you're not a real member of the bloodline you are a fake ass ooze you don't represent me or my family nobody likes you to be honest sammy i only speak the truth because they won't because i'm blood i bleed through this family because we're family you're not family you'll never be family you wearing that t-shirt bothers and offends me and jay's like listen dude i get it but I'm trying to maintain the peace here. That's what the tribal chief wants. And Jay fires back by saying, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief wants. And Roma's face went from Zen to, oh, no, he did not disrespect me. He was fired up, pissed off. He turned around. He was ready to burn Jay alive with his eyes. And Sammy, ever the mediator, says, listen, Roman, Jay didn't mean that. He said it in the heat of the moment. And Jay says, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. And when Sammy Zayn says that Jay wasn't being oozy at the moment, this is when this segment became incredible television because Roman Reigns was caught off guard by Sammy saying oozy once again. And he completely cracked like an egg. And he's laughing. And Jimmy's gone. He's laughing. Paul Heyman's beside himself. Solo's not in the shot, but deep down we know he has lost it as well. And Jay Uso, who must be stoic because you're the angry one in this segment. You're the hothead. You cannot laugh at Sammy's shenanigans, but he too broke. He covered his face. He turned around. He tried not to look at Sami Zayn. Sami knows I've done it. I've broke them all. And he's eating this up. And Roman is trying to hold it together. And he has to say, well, Jay, don't you want to be Usi? And he cannot say it with a straight face. And Jay is trying to hold it together, wiping back tears, looking back at Sami it's impossible. And then Roman says, if you don't figure this out, if you don't work this out with Sami Zayn, then Sami will have the official title of Oos. No more honorary. He'll be an Oos straight up. And if you keep messing around, he might change his name to Sami Uso. And Jay cannot control it. He cannot keep a straight face. And Sami's elated at the thought of being Sami Uso. And Paul Heyman's got to sell this match against Logan Paul for the Universal Championship at Crown Jewel to take us home because everybody is completely broken by the end of the segment. This was incredible television. I felt like I was watching an SNL skit when everybody breaks character, when you're trying to maintain a straight face. Very Jimmy Fallon of them to completely lose it. Roman lost at first. Jay collapsed. He was gone. He was holding his face because you're supposed to be the bad one here. You're supposed to be the pissed off ooze. And you're the one cracking up because Sami Zayn is the fucking best. It is such 
great comedy. It's unintentional, but God damn it, I love it. I laughed until I was in tears because I knew they were gone. Solo, somewhere off camera, just gone. Jimmy is beside himself. Paul Heyman is helpless. Roman is supposed to be the one to be the leader of this crew. The tribal chief, the head of the table, he's supposed to maintain his composure. Sammy weakens him every single time they share space in the ring together, and it's beautiful. And to have Jay just completely melt. He can't keep it together. And I love it. I would love actual footage backstage of when the segment was over and they all just bust out laughing because they could not control themselves. I adored this. This was easily the highlight of my entire night. No match topped this segment from both shows to keep it 100% real, which is going to lead to a round the horn round of me just going in on the matches that you need to see and skip from Rampage and SmackDown on FS1. But I'm going to tell you right now until the end of time that the Bloodline storyline involving everyone from Sammy, Roman, Jay, Jimmy, Solo, and Paul Heyman is the best storyline in professional wrestling today outside of MJF's quasi-babyface struggles on AEW Dynamite. The two best things going are on Dynamite and SmackDown every Wednesday, Friday, and sometimes Monday because this is art and I am living for it. And last night was just top tier comedy. So SNL and I loved it. Now, as for the rest of the matches on last night's show, they were all right. The New Day beat Mansoir and Marseille in quick fashion. Kofi lands the boom drop, a splash at the back of Monswall in the daybreak on Monswall for the win. It was all right. Then we have Ronda Rousey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against the returning Emma. It was a very cold and flat match because the fans haven't seen Emma in WWE in a while. And I think a refresher video package would have been nice, but we got a cold championship match. Emma had moments with the German suplex and her running splash in the corner, but it wasn't enough as Ronda Rousey just reined in knee strikes and the Ronda Conda on her before landing the Piper's Pit with a scrape of the eyes before locking in the armbar for the win. Fine victory, but a cold match because the fans don't know Emma like that after five or so years, but she is an NXT legend. She is an alumni that was one of the building blocks and foundational pieces of the women's revolution alongside Paige during the early days of NXT black and gold from 2013 around 2014. They were a part of the first takeover during the first week of the WWE Network's launch. That was a moment and it was a signal that women's wrestling mattered in WWE once again after so many years. But I felt like it was a cold return because you need to refresh the fans on who Emma is and what makes her special and give her a fighting chance against Ronda Rousey, even though the outcome is academic at the end of the day. Next up was Hit Row versus Legato de Fantasma. And Hit Row's secret partner would be Shisuke Nakamura. He gets a great reception from the St. Louis crowd. And this match is fine for what it was. The highlight was actually top dollar going up top and doing a little bit of a rope walk before landing a right hand to Santos Escobar before slamming. Cruz Del Toro and Joaquin Wild at the same time with the world's strongest slam. And Shisuke Nakamura scores a win for his team by landing the Kinshasa on Joaquin Wild. A nice finish as B-Fat boot is Lena Vega early on to avoiding interference from her during this matchup. Next up is a very boring and tedious match involving Karrion Cross versus Mad Cat Moss. I'm a big fan of Mad Cat Moss, but this match went way too long and the crowd was dry. They went to sleep. They piped in crowd noise. This was a very flat match. I am trying with Karrion Cross, but it's not clicking. There is a problem. I don't know what it is. He has some mystique on NXT, but as I keep saying, Adam Cole, either that man, two months before he left, and he ain't been right since. And this match, once again, 
was reflective of their flatness. And if you can't produce magic against Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules, we got problems. And they were excavated last night via this matchup against Madcap Moss from a very sleepy crowd. Scarlett gets involved and distracts Madcap long enough for Carrie to deliver that Saito suplex followed by the farm strike to the back of Madcap's neck for the win. He locks in a cross jacket, talks shit about Drew McIntyre, saying that Madcap put up a bigger fight than Drew did in their match at Extreme Rules, vows to destroy him at Crown Jewel inside of a steel cage, puts him to sleep scarlet eggs him on okay but it was still a dry dry segment with piped in crowd noise to make up for the lack of heat in the arena and magically the arena wakes up for bray wyatt at the end of the show the fireflies are out he comes through that door pop it's amazing he's overwhelmed once again by the love and the reception by the people saying this is my true self i've been running for him all of my life and i always have this tendency to lose control and I have this urge to do really bad things, but I like it. I enjoy doing bad things. I like losing control, but I like being the new me as well. I like this part of myself very much. And then we cut to the big screen and Uncle Howdy shows up saying that, Bray, you're wearing a mask and you're running for me. You're hiding from me. And that's not going to work. It's a creepy mask. Is a creepy promo once again as we leave the show in a cliffhanger once again. It's spooky, but I love Bray Wyatt's delivery. It's so compelling to listen to, and the fans love him. They were alert for him. They loved him. That was a star they could get behind. The mystery continues under the QR code popped up. I don't have any insight into the clues as of yet. It was a quick pop-up on the screen. I'm sure somebody's scanning. They have some details on the timeline in the next few hours, but I enjoy the end of the show. Once again, Bray Wyatt is amazing, and he's a draw for every quarter hour. He's a part of people tuning to listen to what he has to say, and he never misses, and I like the slow burn of the storyline. We're not going to get all the answers just yet. They will come in due time, and I'm here for that, so patience is a virtue of the storyline, and I think it's going to pay off in due time, and all in all, I thought this was a solid smackdown. Nothing too out of the ordinary besides the awesomeness of the bloodline, which kicked off last night show it peaked there in terms of greatness the in-ring action was so-so but I do love the reunion of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler as Baszler's choked out Natalia who tried to run up on Ronda Rousey for reasons like girlfriend you lost every match to her this year you tapped out every single time what else did you want from her and I like the partnership the friendship renewed between Rousey and Baszler that could be a force on Smackdown in the months to come overall fine show the penultimate episode before the final sell for Crown Jewel taped in St. Louis tonight and will be aired next Friday on Big Fox once again with Rey Mysterio versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, most likely headlining the show alongside Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville in a no disqualifications match, which should be good as well. And now we got to talk about AW Rampage going down live from the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncastleville, Connecticut. And this show outside of John Moxley beating Matt Menard with a rear naked choke was just a show. It was competitive between these two. Mox was whooping ass, scratching his back, delivering cutters and superplexes and King Kong lariats. But then Angelo Parker gets involved, pays for it with the cutter. Matt Menard counters with an attempt at a sharpshooter and just trying to go for submissions as a sports entertainer. It was fine. But once again, it's Matt Menard repping the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I was just like, okay. Mox is the draw, the end. Thank God for him, because otherwise, this was a miss. Then we get Keith Lee versus Serpentico. Powerbomb, the end. Nothing to say, nothing really to add here until the acclaimed Max Caster 
and Anthony Bowen's come out. No rap tonight because daddy ass is missing. Billy Gunn has been kidnapped by Swerve, who's going to stop the scissoring by using a pair of pliers to break the fingers of Billy Gunn, who is kidnapped just in time for Halloween. Spooky season is here and Swerve has done the most and Keith Lee is not proud of his tag team partner's actions and this split is inevitable heading into full gear in a few weeks time on pay-per-view. Compelling segment, but still, eh, it is what it is. Then we get Lee Moriarty challenging John Moxley to a match on Dynamite on Wednesday. And he gets a shot at the AEW World Championship. He won't get a shot because Moxley will choke him out most likely, but the match will be excellent. Next up is Timelo versus Madison Rain. This match was a struggle. Just like Madcap versus Karrion Cross, the crowd was dry because everybody hates Timelo. And with all due respect to Madison Rain, she's better suited as a coach backstage. All of her matches on TV have been a mess. And I like Madison, but this match felt off. They tried things. It didn't work. It was very rough around the edges. Ty Conti has a tie KO for the win. Good for her. The end. Now it's time for our main event involving Wartlow, the TNT champion versus Matt Taven. And this match was solid. Wartlow's a beast, headbutting Matt Taven, dominating early on until Maria Canellis and her husband, Mike Bennett caused trouble at ringside. That allows Taven to get a nice dive on Wardlow on the outside. Bennett provides another assist by slamming Wardlow into the still steps. As we go picture in picture, we come back and Wardlow fights back with some nice overhead belly-to-belly suplexes as he goes for the powerbomb symphony. He gets rolled up by Taven in the jackknife position, but Wardlow fights back and lands three more powerbombs on Matt Taven to retain the TNT championship after the match is over. The Kingdom attacks Wardlow. Samoa Joe makes a save. Gates of Agony jumps on Samoa Joe and Paras Hobbs comes out to just join in on the beatdown. And it ends with Paras Hobbs and Brian Cage grabbing the Ring of Honor television title and the TNT titles respectively as they had their eyes set on the TV titles for AEW and Ring of Honor to wrap up the show at the top of the hour. A fine main event, but for me, it's still too Ring of Honor heavy. And I think Ring of Honor desperately needs their own TV show to get away from AEW because I don't think fans are fucking with them like that right now. You got fans across over a bit, but it's minuscule depending on the card. And I just think that it's best just maybe merge the rosters and give an extra TV show to AEW besides a Ring of Honor show in a perfect world. Just blend the rosters and get an extra show on TNT or TBS. Put it on Saturday at 6.05 if the time calls for it. Just find a show to get more people on TV, to spread the wealth, because every Friday is very Ring of Honor heavy, and to me, it's a bit much. You got a pay-per-view to build. I get it. But it just causes so much confusion when it should be AEW hyping up their last show of the year. Full gear next month. Winter is coming in December. Your final hard sell for 2022. And you got Ring of Honor coming along for the ride. They got to find their own home by early 2023. Emerge the two together and call it a day. That would be my suggestion Eliminate the belts. Too many belts in this promotion. Got to cut down on that and preferably get more people. Your OGs, your day ones on TV a bit more often. Shout out to Ricky Starks, who has been missing for a month off my screen. And to me, that is simply unacceptable. But I digress on all of that. As we put a bow on Rampage, it was a show, a very dry show, a show that was live on TNT. And I expected a bit more spark in life, even though there's no head-to-head battle against WWE this year that says a lot about the stock falling for Rampage as that A-minus show, as you've now reached B-minus territory most weeks. And on that note, 
note, this wraps up episode number 56 of the SmackDown Windown slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and our Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows. The drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown back on Fox next Friday, and AW Rampage airing live on TNT once again. You know what to do is Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, tune up as Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 145 of the Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, and your manic Monday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.